Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I like a boss. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You are watching the 7 p.m. show Monday through Friday, every single day, Monday through Friday. We are live at 7 p.m. Eastern, breaking down the fantasy football news. Not just fantasy news, the NFL news. This is a news show, for goodness sakes. You don't even have to be into fantasy football to watch this program, right? Am I right? Can I get an amen? Can I get a mashed potato? Okay, we've talked about this already, but some people may not have been here. We'll do the cliff note version. Terry Scary McLaurin signing. Uh, this is the first report that came out earlier. Uh, Terry McLaurin signing a three-year extension worth $71 million in new money places him, him among the NFL's top five highest paid wide receivers, according to ESPN. Congratulations there, Scary Terry McLaurin. And then this other piece of news came out, breaking down some of the details. This is from Ian Rappaport. 53 million guaranteed, uh, 34.6 mil uh, guaranteed at signing, 12.5 million guaranteed in March of 2023, uh, signing bonus of 28 and 250k, uh, just several Teslas uh, worth of money in escalators every single time the man is given a Pro Bowl nod. And this guy, scary Terry McLaurin is 100% one of my biggest sleeper wide receivers once you get into round five on. You might not always get him in round five, let's be honest. He's not going to just be sitting there for the taking in every single one of your drafts, but if you're drafting with Grandma, if you're drafting with Uncle Bob, if you're you're drafting with some magazine drafters or Fantasy Karen or whoever you're drafting with, this guy is going to be available at 5.2, 5.1, 5.4 and that's when you you pounce on him make him your wide receiver one in maybe a draft strategy where you don't take an, an, a, a, a wide receiver until round five maybe you try out the zero wr approach and you go running back running back josh allen and then who knows you could take a tight end in the fourth round or go running back again go go Brees hall and then in round five, take your first wide receiver. And people say, hey, you haven't taken a wide receiver yet. Oh, scary Terry McLaurin's pretty good. Yep, that's a good wide receiver. Why did we let him get scary Terry? Why did we let him get scary Terry? He had no wide receivers. This guy is headed to the moon. To the I don't moon. care if they don't have a great quarterback. They have a better quarterback than in years past. It's, it's an upgrade. Will Carson Wentz stay healthy? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Do I look like I can predict the future? Maybe sometimes you think I can, and hopefully I am in this case. Scary Terry McLaurin is going to drop inconsistent loads all over the field in 2022. If he had Russell Wilson, if the the Washington commanding football team had it in them to to follow through and get an actual great quarterback, they were were in pursuit of, of a lot of players, Watson, Russell Wilson, uh, and Patrick, they called for Patrick Mahomes. Hey, hey, is Patrick Mahomes available? No? Okay. <laughs> they called for Patrick Mahomes just to see, 
I just want to check, want to poke around, do our due diligence. Is Patty Mahomes able to come and play? And they said no. <laughs> so then they settled for Carson Wentz. It's an upgrade, but can Carson Wentz stay healthy? I don't know. I don't know. But McLaurin is a top five wide receiver trapped in a horrible situation that won't let him be a top five wide receiver. He can't be a top wide wide receiver. Ron with the super chat. Ron, have you uh, have you DM? Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Send me or send me that email yet about the text line. I'm still waiting for you, pal. I don't understand zero running back. Wide receiver has great depth. I don't understand zero running back. Um, there's ways, Ron, that this makes sense, you know? Like, if you take it to the board here, and you say to yourself, like, Ron, I can do two zero approaches for you right here, right now, on the marker board, Ron. If you have this 12 pick right here, you could go Javante and Swift back-to-back. And then right here, let's say you take Brees Hall. Okay? Then right here, you take DK. Somehow, you might even trade up to round five, maybe, and you you end up getting McLaurin here. This would be an example. You'd have to probably trade up. I don't think McLaurin's falling to this pick. But let's say you trade up. A little baby move. You trade your seventh rounder over here. You get rid of the seventh rounder to move this fifth rounder up. Look at that zero wide receiver approach. Okay? DK McLaurin. That's zero wide receiver. Now let's do zero running back because you can do both of these and dominate, especially from this freaking 12 pick, bro. So let's say you take Diggs and let's say you take Lamb or insert whoever you like. If you don't like Lamb, insert whoever. Then right here, maybe you do the zero RB a little different, zero RB through two rounds. You could do it through three rounds. I mean, you could technically put Hall right here. Let's do a true zero RB, so I'm not hearing it from the chat. Those are different examples, Smitty. Okay, let's just say you take Josh Allen, okay? You take Diggs, Lamb, Allen, and you don't start your running back run until right here. You used to be able to get ETN here. The James Robinson, scary James Robinson dudes might bump him into five, but I doubt to the end of round five. But let's say you get Kenneth Walker right here, okay? Let's say in the fifth round, you take... Uh, uh, let's say you take McLaurin because we're talking about McLaurin. So now you have with a zero running back approach through three rounds, through three rounds, Ron, your first running backs Hall, your second running backs Walker. Oh, very risky. Well, guess what? I've got Diggs, Lamb and McLaurin and Josh Allen to hammer home a championship. You can do it a hundred different ways, Ron. You can go zero RB. You could go zero wide receiver. You can go balanced approach but Ron I'll tell you this right now I don't know how long you, you you're kind of new to my content so I want to make something very very clear to you and everybody else watching that might be new the only strategy in fantasy football with one caveat to it that you draft to your strength because I don't know what you're great at you might be great at Kelsey in round one I I don't like that approach but if you're good at it do it if you're not good at it don't try it because drafting a tight end in round one is not 
the kind of draft strategy for everybody. But here's rule number one. The only rule we have here in Smitty Fight Club, Ron. The only rule is that you go best player available. BPA. All things lead from BPA. BPA takes care of everything. Best player available. Ron, that doesn't mean you don't go running back, running back. Or you don't go wide receiver, wide receiver. BPA opens those doors. The se- the secondary approaches come from BPA. When you're on the clock, you take the best player available. You don't draft a position, you draft a player. If you're sitting there and Javante's there, and you already went RB in round one, and you're worried about wide receiver, but Javante's the clear best player on the board, it's Javante. You take Javante. You don't worry about position unless you're drafting like double quarterback, like I did in the cup league on a time uh, on a, uh, <laughs> on my auto pick. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about that. That's your league anyway, <laughs> Smitty. I, I did take a lap for me. I'm trying to do a thousand things at once. I did a pre rank. I copied the pre rank over. It drafted two quarterbacks with the auto picks. Uh, whatever. We're gonna try and see if. I got Burrow and Mahomes. We're going to try and see if Burrow scores 500 points and Mahomes scores 500 points. This will be the league that I do a video on. Now, granted, I'm doing... It's an experiment, okay? Now that I've messed up. We're going to do an experiment. Have you ever wondered... Ask this. Answer this question. Have you ever wondered if you had two quarterbacks like that? Could you optimally mess up? Or can you have an optimal setup to where... Each quarterback scores, let's say, 500 points. If it's throwing out a number. But if you start the right one at the right time, can you score like 600 points? And then then, then ideally, Mahomes and, and, and Burrow would be an absolute monster strategy from a, from a fourth and fifth round area. So we'll try that experiment out. I don't expect it to be successful. I expect to pick the wrong quarterback each week. But this is a good experiment, a good good content for the video because I know every single one of you out there has wondered, what if you had the two best quarterbacks in the fourth and fifth round and you just started the right one at the right week? Can each of them scoring 500 score you 600 by the right rotation? Maybe it's possible. Let's try it. The, 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 the Cooper Cup League will be our example. But, Ron, always best player available. Always. It leads you down some roads where you're weak at running back two, you're weak at wide receiver three, you're weak at tight end, whatever. But best player available will lead you down a road where you have maybe one big problem, but you have sleepers in the fantasy football show and me in the community here to help you land the next Mitchell, Eli Mitchell. The the guy I told everyone to draft. I still get people in here to, to this day. Once a day, I get a DM, maybe. Or once every other day, at least. You sure were wrong on Sherman, Smitty. When they don't know what they're talking about, because almost every single time I wrote a breakout prediction on Trey Sermon, I said, Trey Sermon and Mitchell. Trey Sermon and Mitchell. You gotta cuff Mitchell. It's one and the same. It's one player. You draft Sermon, you draft Mitchell, it wins you a championship. Yet, somehow, someway, the Mitchell part's getting left off. And then, for those that didn't draft Mitchell... He was my number one ad going into week one with a confidence level because that's how I do my waiver wire. You're going to learn. You're going to learn, Ron. I do waiver wire better than anybody because these people cannot tell you who, what, how many dollars to put on a player, how much to throw on there. You don't know. No one knows what your league is capable of dropping auction dollar-wise. 
It's a history thing. It's a historical trending. No one can know. I play in leagues where you have $100 of free agent free agent auction dollars. You have to drop all 100 anytime you want a player. And everybody's out of money by week four. I have another league where you have $100 blind bid auction dollars. And the most anybody ever spends is like $15 out of the 100. Everyone's conservative as can be. I can't tell between all of your leagues what your league's going to do. What I can offer you is a, a particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for your league opponents. And that is a confidence level system where I tell you the confidence level that this player is the best pickup of the year. How do you like them apples? What's better than that for your waiver wire fantasy football video content? I come out and I tell you, this player, Eli Mitchell, has a confidence level of 9 out of 10, almost 10 out of 10, for being the best pickup of the year. If that doesn't guide you, I don't know what will. That's how my waiver wire works. That's how my waiver wire content works. Rockout chiming in. Rockout's about to come in and drop a freestyle rap. This guy, Rockout, is going to battle it. Thank you, Rockout. Battle it against Asher in just moments. So stand by. Asher and Rockout, I'll get you in the green room in one second. Ron, thank you for the super chat. Uh, and uh, Media says, stop yelling. Media, I don't, I'm not even yelling. This is my inside voice. This is how I talk to Miss Smitty. Meatloaf, Miss Smitty. What do you want to watch for TV tonight? What do you want to watch on the tube tonight, Miss Smitty? Want to watch a little more uh, 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 24, season 5? Meatloaf. This is how I talk, Rockout. This is how I talk, our media. All right, we're going to get we're gonna get the, the youngins in here. Rockout and Asher are new in-house musicians. And when I say in-house, I mean they DM me music once in a while. And we're going to maybe sign them to the Graveyard Records label, the Swayze, uh, Swayze Studios Graveyard Fantasy Football Record Label. Uh, we're gonna get them on here in just one second. I do gotta. I do gotta. Uh, let's see. Where? Where's my? Where is my? I gotta. I gotta open up something here. Here we go. All right. I'm gonna cop. I'm gonna send you a, a link to come in here, guys. I'm sending you a DM right now. Get ready to accept. You guys ready for the best rap battle you've ever seen in your life? All right, Asher. Here you go, big boy. All right, rock out. Here you go, big boy. You ready? You ready to do it live? Enter Rap Battle 2022. Rap Battle. Rock out versus Asher. Who will win? The impromptu rap battle of the decade. All right, here we go. <laughs> you guys, you guys have no idea what is about to happen, do you? This is Asher calling in. Asher, what's up, good buddy? You're, it looks like you're you're dressed for the ball. You're dressed for the ball, buddy. You're ready to go. <laughs> Yes, sir. Okay, Asher, I appreciate you coming on the show. We're waiting for Rock Out. The way this is going to work is we're going to wing it. We don't even know what we're doing here, okay? 
I, I imagine what we're going to do is we're going to throw a couple of the follower words out that they throw out. No, no two words, no, fr- no sentences, nothing. It's going to be one word. You throw it out. I'm going to put it on screen. And Asher, you have to incorporate the word on screen in what you're playing in that moment, live. Okay? Okay, let's wait for Rock Out. Rock Out. Chop, chop, Rock Out. I don't see the chat. So you're going to put it on your screen. Uh, you'll, you'll see it on the screen. Tell me if you can see this. Uh, you can make it a little bigger. A little Use bigger? Like, how about, how about that? How about that? Good? Yeah. Looks good. Okay. Uh, rock out, Brian. rock out in the house. What's up? Okay, rock out. Here's how it goes. Asher's gonna begin. He's gonna do his thing. Asher's more of a, a of a. I would say it's more of like a, he makes love to the music, and he brings the the romance to to, the, to. So whatever. This is kind of a rap battle. You're more of a freestyle rapper. I would say he's more of a, a Michael Bublé, but it doesn't matter. We're gonna throw the words on screen, and and you guys incorporate it into your live, impromptu battle. Asher, you are up. When you see me throw a word on screen, please incorporate it into your music. Hit it, young man. Harris. In the first round, gonna draft him. It's a sound round. Yeah, I'm going with my team, yeah. All the way to the championship. (laughs) Okay, go. Rock out. Your turn and your word is go. Javante, he be coming through. He be coming through the pack. He be straight a Mac. He be coming Mac truck. 316 deep in the SUV. You can't see, believe. He's the great achiever in the EVA. You just don't understand him. Okay. Go, Asher. Your word is moon. Your word is moon, Asher. Go. The Pittsburgh Steelers are my team. Yeah. They're going to the moon like crypto is you best be a believer. Gotta huddle until 24 kids. Boom. Okay. Now I'm gonna incorporate a couple words. Okay. Rock out your first word will be dog poop. Your second word is clown. Go. Dog poop. Dog crap. Dog poop. Like, like Happy Bill Moore. Like clown poop. We do a clown, but we keep it rocking like a big frown. Big town, big willy, big silly. I'm straight damn bit. Oh, it's like you back to Philly, really. I love it. <laughs> Look, by the end of this show, I'm pretty I'm pretty worried that you guys are going to be scooped up by some label by the end of this. Okay. Next two words. This one's going to be a, this one's going to be a little crazy. Your first word is rock out. What do you think about rocking out? 
with your jock out. <laughs> Come on, Rock. Kid friendly channel. Kid friendly channel. We got Rock out. Smitty's the jock out. I am the big uh, rooster. This is supposed to be swift. All right, go ahead and go ahead and continue. I like where you're headed with that. Once you repeat that and then go forward with swift. Go. Hey, that's me. What do you think about taking swift? He is gonna rock out this year. He's gonna rock out, yeah. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. Then we're gonna vote. Then we're gonna get back to the show. Really appreciate you guys. Um, okay, here are your last two words. Rock out, and you're going to close it out here. You, rock out, you started or you you finished? Or I mean, you started or did, who started? I forget. Asher. Okay, so you're going to close it out. Here you go. You're going to, your one word is going to be Asher. Your second word is going to be. Jameis Winston. All right. <clears throat> Asher, straight with the pasta, master. I'm going new class, Asher, master. Uh, Winston, coming through New Orleans. You know the Orleans, we keep it easy. No easy, no cheesy. You're going like cockamamie. You're never to see me, believe me. It's Jamie, it's Winston, the ash to the blast. Ash in the mash, like a blast in the glass. Coming through, coming packed with a Big Mac. We go like a big pack. We go on a big stack. We be going sky high like a mother sci-fi. You don't understand me. I'm a freaking mandrake. Okay, excellent. Now I want you guys to rotate and sing together. So you're just going to have to drop. You guys are musicians, all right? You guys are pure musicians. So you're going to be able to feel each other out. I want Asher to begin. Asher, I want you to continue to play the guitar for Rock Out. And when you're done, rock out, jump in. And I want you both to do a ver- uh, two verses each. So Asher, rock out, Asher, end with rock out, hit it. I think we're good. Hey guys, I appreciate I appreciate you coming in. You guys are absolute monsters, and uh, continue to send me the DMs with all the beautiful music. You guys are songbirds of your generation, and uh, I appreciate you both. Hey guys, check out AshersCoffee.com if you need some fresh roast. Let me know. Definitely, De- you definitely work. Hey, hey, you rock out. You got a plug? Uh, just my Instagram, Kyle uh, Slogger. All right, or or the fantasyfootballshow.com. Either one, you can plug me if you want. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll see you guys later. Go leave me a voicemail. Go leave me a song. Keep rocking out. No pun intended. Later. Yes, sir. Man, these guys are monsters. Those guys are. Mo- I wouldn't be surprised. We only lost eight viewers during that entire segment. We only lost eight viewers de- during that entire segment. I'm shocked. magical i'm telling i'm telling you songbirds uh of of their generation 
All right, so guys, we got we got a little bit of uh, this news to talk about, and then we'll move on. So as I was talking about McLaurin, McLaurin's an absolute monster. McLaurin's going to drop sporadically insane amounts of points in the field in 2022. The problem is the sporadic part. The problem is Carson Wentz. The problem is we don't have an elite quarterback throwing the football to this man, Scary Terry McLaurin. He can't really earn his name Scary Terry yet because... He literally doesn't have a quarterback that can make him scary. But I promise you this. You will see flashes of what we all know he can do. It'll happen in spots, right? And hopefully, for Fantasy Football Worlds, we get gifted either some kind of... I know he's signing a new deal. Odds of a trade are very unlikely. But some kind of either McLaurin movement or it's probably now that he's inking a new deal. Probably not going anywhere. It's probably going to be the trade for a quarterback. Or hopefully they have some kind of upgrade coming in to 2022. Uh, you tried. You tired of losing your fantasy league every year going into the toilet bowl? Come over to Smitty. You, Sir, uh, Serge Knight voice. <coughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Ron says they both have fake backgrounds, huh, Smitty? I, they might have, bro. They might have had fake voices. I don't think anybody can sound quite like... I don't think there's ever been two angels in the same room at the same time. Songbirds of their generation. Uh, Debo Samuel. Let's talk about this Debo Samuel situation. So, Scary Terry McLaurin signs a uh, a, a $71 million deal, right? Now you got to ask yourself, what does this do for Debo Samuel? What does this do? Will Debo Samuel... Uh, where's my Where's my graphic... Here it is. Debo Samuel is looking for, I imagine, somewhere in the ballpark of 55 to $70 million guaranteed. The McLaurin deal, which puts him right around $53 million guaranteed, is going to, in my opinion, make Debo a little frustrated because now he's looking at a blueprint for his deal. Now, granted, Debo might be getting a little bit more than McLaurin. He could. Then again, the Niners, maybe they don't offer him more. Maybe they offer him exactly that kind of amount of that kind of a deal. I think Debo's expectation has to come down. I hope it does. I hope it doesn't take long. My initial guess is Debo's going to have a tough time digesting these numbers that Scary Terry McLaurin got because I think Debo really truly feels he's worth $70 million. And let me just start off by saying, and I said this earlier today, I don't disagree with Debo that he played well enough last year to earn way more than this. I agree with Debo. The problem Debo is going to have is adjusting his mindset and expectation to understand that other teams, including the Niners, every team in the NFL is not going to see him more than this. They're going to see him maybe 55 million, maybe 56, maybe in, in bizarro world, he gets 57 to 59, but it's probably looking like a 53 54 55 million dollar guaranteed deal. Debo wants 70. I can almost guarantee you Debo wants a thousand uh you know percent more than he's probably gonna get. But he's gotta be realistic in the sense that he only has one year. Allen, or I'm sorry, uh, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, these guys are more proven. I'm not saying they are more important to their team 
given what had happened last year and what we expect Debo to do this year. And I don't want to hear he's not playing wide back. Stop with that nonsense. He's posturing. He's trying to make sure he gets paid for wide back. He, no one wants him running up the gut. Stop with the whole wide back is up the gut. That was running back. The Niners asked him to play wide back. Then they asked him to play running back. Completely different. We want Debo getting the ball at the line of scrimmage. We want Debo stepping back behind the quarterback, getting the football and taking a uh, taking a, 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 a negative three-yard catch 60 yards downfield. That's wide back. End around, jet sweeps, all that stuff. Running up the gut is running back. No one wants him doing that. Stop with the whole Debo's not as valuable because he's not going to play wide back. Who are you listening to? Who do you get your news from? Your grandmother? Your grandmother telling you Debo's... But Grandma said she watched it on ESPN and he's not going to play wide back according to ESPN, Smitty. Then go watch ESPN and get your news from ESPN. Debo wants the football. Do you think Debo's lining up and sitting... Do you think he's sitting there in the huddle and Trey Lance says, Alpha 7, Blue 65, Hatchback left, Flex Capacitor 14. And then Debo says, excuse me. I'm not going to take, I don't run the ball anymore. I don't want the ball. I'm not a playmaker. Don't give me the football. You out of your mind. I understand where Debo's coming from. He wants the freaking ball. He wants the freaking bag. I get it. In percentage wise of how much he was of the Niner offense, he's making a good case that he should be top two, three, four in the league per year. But the problem is you can't ask for that. When you haven't proven it for more than one or two years. So Debo's got to expect 53 or 54 or 52. That might even offer him 50. He's got to understand he has no leverage. He needs to understand he's going to be paid bank for one year. One proven year. Yeah, he played well as a rookie. He got hurt his second year. It's not like he hasn't done anything. He had a good rookie year. But he's done one year of this amazing Debo Samuel-esque production. He's lucky. He's in a fortunate position that he played so well that he can secure off of one real big season. He can secure a $50 million guaranteed deal. So Debo hopefully doesn't go in a bad direction and doesn't derail this. There is this report right here. Denny says Denny, or Vamp says Denny on the next rap battle. That would be epic. Um, Jeremy Fowler reports that 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel has not officially rescinded his trade request. This is confusing to me. I'm not saying there isn't a trade request officially offered, but I feel like I've been on this news pretty good. I feel like, uh, uh, L take, L take to what, bro? L take to what? Todd, what's an L take? Explain, you know, let me know what I've done wrong, Todd. 90 of you in here, please punch the thumb up button on your way in the door. Hit that subscribe button if you're new and wipe your feet at the door. Tell me what I did wrong, Todd. Tell me what you think I'm wrong about, Todd. Tell me about my L take. School me. Take me to school, Todd. Maybe Todd's talking about someone else up there. That's fine. I'm yelling at Todd for no good reason. That happens all the time. Debo Samuel, to my knowledge... There's no, like, official trade request. And I could be wrong on that. I, I could be wrong. It could be behind closed doors that this all happened and no one, like, aired the dirty laundry to that extent that we'd find it. But I, I'm i not understanding where this official trade was. Like, in a, a closed door, 
meeting with with um, what was that guy's name? Darlington, Jeff Darlington and Debo in a closed door, unrecorded audio and no audio, no video. It was like almost off the record type of feel of a meeting with Jeff Darlington. There was talk about Debo wanting to request a trade. That he wanted to request a trade. And I don't know that it's official. Uh, did he just mention it? Like, I see, the thing a lot of people don't understand is about half of what's reported on Debo these days, Debo shakes his head at and says, I requested a trade officially. That's news. I can see it right now. I can see Debo, Debo Samuel on a live right now reading and laughing at a report that says, I officially re- requested a trade. That's interesting news to me. I just don't know. I, I, I'm not saying it's not behind closed doors, but this hasn't been like a totally like official, you know, where Baker Mayfield's agent requested a trade. Baker Mayfield's agent requested a trade. Baker requested a trade. The Browns replied. And I told all of you this. I did it on the Instagram lives with Raj. I did it everywhere. I said, hey, why have you not heard the Niners accept or reject Debo's trade request? Because it was said in passing with Darlington. And maybe, maybe his agent did ask the Niners and the, and the Niners kept it real quiet. And the Niners are just ignoring it. Definitely a, a possibility. Um, Definitely a possibility. But I don't, I don't know that this is an official trade request. I don't know that his agent has said anything. Um, Hey, did, what's his name? Come back and, and tell me why my take was an L take. No, he didn't. Hey, hey, Todd, where are you at? Uh, Debo's trade request got denied a while ago. That's not what reports are saying. Look at this is the the most recent report by Jeremy Fowler saying reports are that the Niners wide receiver Debo Samuel has not officially rescinded his trade request. Um, I don't know that they denied anything publicly. I think they just ignored it if there was even a trade request. I'm not saying there was or wasn't. I'm just saying this was like buried news. I mean, no one even no one is even reporting on this. I kept saying. Why have they not? Why have the Niners not responded if it was a real trade request? And that, that's a legit question. Like maybe the Niners, maybe the Niners are completely ignoring it. All I know is I don't know what's going on with it. I feel very, very in the dark about this re- reported trade request by Debo Samuel. I feel in the dark about it by his agent. Did, did anybody hear his agent come out and say we want to trade? We haven't. We haven't. He shares the same agent as AJ Brown. And DK Metcalf. It, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how people just run at the mouth with this. I'm not saying there isn't a trade request. I'm saying there hasn't been a lot of information on it. My guess is Debo signs a deal in July. I don't know if it'll be late July. I don't even think... I don't even think the Niners are interested in inking it quickly to stop the bleeding. I feel like this organization, as much as I love Trey, as much as I love Debo, as much as I'm a supporter of the team and players they have in place, I'm very critical on Shanahan. I'm very critical on Anthony Lynn. This this amazing find that all the Niner fans... Uh, put your earmuffs on for a little bit, media, because it's just going to hurt. But everybody acting like Anthony Lynn's is great signing. Like, we brought in the coach, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn! Yeah! Who is this guy? I don't know, but we brought him in. That's how I feel like you're reacting to this Anthony Lynn signing. This guy botched last season. 
He got ousted from Detroit, had his play-calling duties ripped from him by midseason, and couldn't recognize that DeAndre Swift was better than Jamal Williams. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, media, put your earmuffs, take your earmuffs off. He is a position coach, not a head coach. I understand, but he got all of his duties ripped from him as offensive coordinator, bro. He wasn't a coach. He was an offensive coordinator. He wasn't the head coach. And I've even seen some Niner communities talk about how he's going to not be with the Niners next year because he's going to get a head coaching job next year <laughs> because of how good he's going to Like, Kyle Shanahan isn't going to let this guy take a leak without his permission. I don't. I, hopefully, Anthony Lynn doesn't have the keys to the locker room or have his own laptop with access to the mainframe because Anthony Lynn's going to absolutely destroy everything. Hopefully, Anthony Lynn's very compartmentalized. They give him a stapler, his red stapler. They send him to the basement, and they have him staple TPS reports over and over and over, and they don't let him out because he could destroy the running back situation. He could try and rotate these backs. Thank God Shanahan's got such an ego that he's going to put clamps on this man and not allow him to even breathe without permission. So maybe Anthony Lynn will just stick to one focused thing that he's good at, and he, he I'm sure he's good at a couple things couple very very focused things that he is good at and he works on those things only and maybe he is good maybe he is good um i don't know where i don't know where this todd guy is l take l take uh let's hit the let's hit the voicemails this one's from rock out Get a lamb. Take a lap. Thank you, Rock Out. Rock Out, you're, you're a songbird. You're an absolute songbird. Jim. Hey, Smitty. What do you think about DJ Moore this year for redraft purposes? I feel like he's a lot like Terry McLaurin where he's an elite, talented wide receiver just stuck in a bad offense with a bad quarterback. I just grabbed him with my fifth pick in the sixth round of our cup league, so I thought that was really good value to get him in the sixth round, but his touchdown upside is obviously very low. That's the only thing that's concerning. What's your thoughts on DJ Moore this year? I mean, I, I like him in the sixth round. I think he's overdrafted by some people, but I certainly don't mind sixth round value. Sixth round, you're talking about, and I'm not trying to say this in a negative way. I like Mooney. But you're talking about Mooney. I've seen uh, Juju Smith-Schuster get taken in rat. Round six, he got taken in the throne draft. Uh, that's just way too high for me. But uh, I think, um, you know, do I like Kenneth Walker more? Absolutely. Do I like, I'm um, looking at some other players that got taken in the throne draft. Do I like Bateman more than DJ Moore? I think that's pretty close. I think that's pretty close to Mari Cooper. You could argue either side of that. I don't love Cooper's situation. The quarterback carousel, no Deshaun Watson. Uh, Dalton Schultz in, at, at the end of round six, I like more than DJ Moore, but you could argue that. Um, in the throne draft, Mahomes fell to 6.1, which is absolute highway robbery. Like, I'm I'm upset over that one. Uh, that's just, that's a steal. I'd take Mahomes or Burrow or any of those guys over DJ Moore. But, like, do I like DJ Moore as much as I like Juju and Elijah Moore and Robert Woods went at 7.7? That feels like a waste of a pick. Um, yeah, I, I like DJ Moore sixth round. No, no problem at all. Kenny. Hey, Smitty, does Cordero Patterson losing his wide receiver tag on Sleeper affect his value for you at all? Uh, hold on. Is Todd is Todd finally responding? Let's see. 
Rock out drops a super chat. Rock out in the house. Appreciate you. Uh, let me see if, if Todd. I don't see Todd's message. Is he keeps saying, "Am I ducking?" So is L. So this was Todd. Todd says L take. Okay, there's Todd. Then he says L take. And then he says, "Oh, here, open the phone lines if you're so confident on that Debo take." Sure. Call into the show. Call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. All right, let me turn the phone lines on. I think some scared of answering his phone call. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Phone lines open, big boy. Phone lines open, big boy. Come come rolling right in. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? What's up, Smitty? Um, I is have this, a question is this about Todd? Dynasty. This is my first year is in the uh, Dynasty League, and I want to see who you're targeting um, and what your tips are for Dynasty. This isn't Todd. No, it's not. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to sound disappointed. Dynasty... Um, I love, I, I mean, honestly, I love some of the same guys that are in redraft falling. They're, they're falling in a little bit uh, to the same degree in Dynasty, like the DKs, the Waddles, the the Brees Halls. Brees Hall will go a lot higher, but Kenneth Walker is still a monster steal. Um, in Dynasty, I tend to go younger wide receivers. Um, if I'm in the first round, I'll definitely go Chase or, or Jefferson over any running back but JT. Um, I might go Javante over those guys or right right below those guys. Like for me, if I'm in round one, I want JT, Chase, uh, Jefferson, Javante, Najee, Swift, or or I want to trade down and consume multiple players. I'm also early quarterback more so than I am in redraft because quarterbacks can last a decade. Herbert for a decade will carry you week in and week out. Josh Allen will carry you week in and week out. Mahomes is falling so far because of all the who's he going to throw to when he's still well worth where he's dropped to. So if you're getting him in round five or four in a dynasty, that's amazing. Um, I love, uh, I love you know guys. Let me let me get Etn, um, Hall, uh, Javante. I mean, there's just there's a load of them, bro. It's it's it just just Thanks, make Mitty. just lean wide receiver a little more than you would, but always go best player available. But best player available will have you drafting wide receiver. Like you're not forcing anything because best player available, you'll naturally be like the wide receivers are are, are better. Like taking a taking a DK Metcalf over a, a JK Dobbins. Don't make a mistake and take a JK Dobbins. Don't make a mistake and take a a, a Monty or an Acres or a James Connor or a player like that over a, a, a you know, over a, a DK Metcalf. Don't make a mistake over taking a, a Fournette or a um, a Nick Chubb who might have a short amount of time left, or Kamara who could be out for a significant amount of games, and then you got to worry about well, he's going to be the same next year, and then he's got what? No more years left after that. Like go younger and and grab those other those running backs like Etn, uh, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, uh, Javante, Najee, um, Swift. Uh, uh, you know, even even Gibson's interesting, but at the right price, the right price. 
don't put too much stock in that A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard will be the futures of their teams, but absolutely grab them for the now value that they have and the potential they could have long-term. But don't don't put too much stock in predicting what's going to happen and buy guys at that predictive value. You know what I mean? Like I have people that say, Smitty, you love Tony Pollard. I can trade right now in a, in a, in a dynasty league. I could trade right now. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a name that, that makes sense for this because I can't think of the exact offer. But like someone has like Mike Evans. That was that was the one I think I remember. Mike Evans for like Tony Pollard. And I'm like, bro, Mike Evans is the now. Mike Evans is going to be a baller this year. And maybe he does fall off in a year and a half, two years. Who knows? He's an injury-prone kind of guy. But Tony Pollard, you can't go buying Tony Pollard as if he's the guy we hope he can become. Tony Pollard in a dynasty ranks so much lower than even Mike Evans. You can't get ahead of yourself is what I'm trying to say. Perfect. All right, Thanks, man. Smitty. I appreciate yeah, it. Love pre- the show. Appreciate you. All right. Todd, come in, Todd. I'm waiting for this Todd character. Uh, while we wait for Todd to call in, don't think he'll show. Asher. Hey there, Smitty. What do you think about taking Trubisky with the last pick? Or would you rather have George Pickens? Or would you rather have Kenny Pickett? Well, I am a still a fan, yes, you know. I like to roast coffee and watch a show. If you ask me, then I'll say, draft the Steelers, Najee Harris. Oh, first round, yeah. Attaboy, Asher Songbird. Absolute songbird of our generation. If Rock Out isn't the songbird, then it's Asher. That's all I can say. Kenny. Are you comfortable grabbing Ridley as a full year stash in Dynasty, or are you not using your bench spot to do that? It depends on how late, you're, you know, what are we talking about? Who, who are you going to be able to grab? Justin Ross on your bench? <laughs> Justin Ross over Ridley in a heartbeat. Are we talking about, you know, I'm, I'm just digging deep at running back, let's say, because I love stashing running backs in Dynasty. Let's say uh, Snoop Connor, the Jacksonville rookie running back. I'd rather have him over Ridley. You know, like if you're, and that's like, I found him in the 300th range in, range in redraft. I don't know about Dynasty because I'm looking at a redraft rank. I'm sure he's way up in Dynasty, but I'm just giving you an example. Like I scrolled all the way down. First name I saw, Snoop Connor. Give me him. <laughs> you know, like you're talking about a long wait. A long wait. Uh, Ron dropping yet another super. I believe Ron's over that $10 barrier that uh, gets an attaboy. Ron uh, said, Ron said this. What did Ron say? Planning on doing a graveyard tonight. Had withdrawals last night. Absolutely. I plan on it. I can't always guarantee it, but I will. I believe I will be doing a graveyard shift tonight. So get ready. You bet $1,500 on football and gets... What? Daddy Dennis says, bet $1,500 on football and gets a year. So bad, says Danny. Daddy. Daddy Dennis. I don't know if it if it was like... Here's the thing. I don't know that it was a bad suspension. Like, just looking at it, you know, on its face. Where's where's this guy supposed to call in? Open the phone lines if you dare. Crickets. I'm waiting. Thinks I'm scared of a phone call. 
Um, what, was, what were we talking about? Oh, Ridley. I don't think it was like a, a bad amount of games. Like you can't, you gotta, you gotta protect the integrity of the league. But the problem is the imbalance of the NFL and their suspension, you know, games and. You know, it's like it's like you can't you can't come around and say Ridley's out for a year and then somebody's abusive over here and then you give them three games. You're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Todd? Hello, Ma? Uh, yeah, that was Todd. <laughs> I think he hung up. He got scared. It was that or his mom? Mom? Mom, is the meatloaf ready? Rock out with the super. Jefferson is my number one wide receiver on my board. To the moon. Jefferson, to... To the moon. To the moon, baby. Attaboy. All right, well, I don't think he's coming, guys. I don't think he's showing up. I think he went to go get ice, and he's not coming back. Hmm. All right, let's go on with it. We'll, we'll keep it open. It's open all day. Hey, Smitty, I have a little bit of a beef and a little bit of a problem with these rankings, and say if I'm right or wrong. They have DK, who has no quarterback, uh, going before someone like Terry You're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Who has no quarterback? What player is he? What player is Bruce talking about? I have a little bit of a beef and a little bit of a problem with these rankings. See if I'm right or wrong. You're live on the fantasy football show. What's up, man? It's Overcome. What's up, Overcome? Where's Todd, man? I don't know. He's not calling in. Now he's going to probably call in while you're on the phone and blame it on you. And then not call back and say that we didn't answer his call. Phone lines have been sitting there dead, so you definitely didn't call. Uh, What's up? What do you got, Overcome? What are your thoughts on uh, Sutton and Judy? Um, I mean, I like Judy. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, if Judy falters, then Sutton's going to be force fed. You know, peppered with targets. There you go. There you go. There you go. Sutton's going to Sutton's going to deliver. So it's not like I I think Sutton will be a bust. I just think that if I've got a pick, I feel like Judy has probably a top five to ten skill set and route running in the entire league out of all the wide receivers in the NFL. He was coined that coming out of college. It's not like I'm making that up. Like he was literally, some people were talking about this is going to be the best route runner in the NFL when he was being scouted. And he hasn't had a quarterback. He has not had a quarterback until right now. He's had a worse situation than McLaurin. And McLaurin's a little bit different of a wide receiver. This is like a route running monster, Judy, that kind of needs the football in a way like that Adams needs it, you know, or Antonio Brown's, you know, needed it from Big Ben. And then when Big Ben would go down, AB would be missing. So I I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like Judy's the guy to bank on. 
but I certainly don't mind either of them. And you could totally make an argument that Sutton's going to ball out. I, I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm not. I just think you got to be careful where you draft both of them. I'm seeing like people hear me say I love Judy. Um, Todd, Todd, if that's you calling, call back. I'm on. I'm on this call, pal. And then and then I'll get to you if that's you, Todd. <laughs> I don't know if that's Todd. Not Todd. Um, here, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna answer this overcome call right back. Oh no, never mind. He he right. he's gone. Oh. I, I don't th- I don't th- I don't know if he if he I think he calls when he knows that I can't pick up and then he acts like he's calling. But uh, it, I, don't yeah, know. I think he's scared, man. Yeah, Judy, Judy, think... just don't draft either of them too high because we don't know who we don't know which one's gonna blow up, bro. You know, don't take yeah, either of them in round four. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. All right, pal. Call All back. Right, call back that. if you got another one. All right, man. Overcome. All right, Todd. Bring it, Todd. What What was... I, I keep forgetting Br- the Bruce. I'm sorry. K, who is no quarterback. Every time I try and play the Bruce's message, poor the Bruce. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Deshaun Watson is innocent. We noticed it. Who is this? This is AD. AD? But three nine. Yeah. AD. Uh, I don't know that any of us know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's, cer- he's certainly guilty of certain things. Is he guilty of what's being accused in the claims? That's for that's for a jury to decide. Guilty of what? Guilty of guilty uh, of what? Of have you read the complaints? Yes. You have read the complaints. They're lying. Okay, well, that, I mean, that's that's definitely a take. That's definitely a take that I think could be true. But 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 to dis to discredit either side is kind of tough for someone like you or I to do without being in there and zero what's police going on. report. You zero what? evidence. Zero camera. I wouldn't say there's zero evidence. There's I, no I'd evidence say the, at the all. Houston police have some some evidence against them that is pretty well known. He's also admitted that multiple women have multiple women have all. left crying after meeting with them, bro. So there's definitely some. Is that the st- only? That's the only bit of evidence you got is with them crying. So that's you think you, you think up. meeting you think meeting with over sixty. And, and I'm going with the low number. Some say 100. Over 60 of these situations is normal. Like, you don't think there's something weird going on that he shouldn't be doing. And not to mention, there's two different dynamics here. You're talking about the criminality. And the the thing I think you weren't prepared for when you called is that I'm actually on your side with the criminality. It's innocent until proven guilty, bro. Nobody should be going to jail or anything until they have a chance to prove their innocence. When the, in, the, in the eyes of the NFL... This right here, what they're deciding on today and tomorrow and the next day, whenever this ends up getting wrapped up, because Sue Robinson, the disciplinary officers, officers looking at this today and tomorrow, their recommendations on the, the, the league conduct policy, bro, that's all they're looking at. They're not looking on, at innocence or guilt in the cases. They're looking at, did Deshaun Watson step out of bounds according to the personal conduct policy by doing these massive amounts of meetings and reaching out to people on Instagram, having them actually file lawsuits against him, whether they're lying about certain details or not, you can't tell me every single part of all 24 of the individuals that were suing him. All of it's a lie. You're not telling, you can't tell me all of it's a lie, bro. Every single part of all 24 of them is a complete lie. 
he admits that he put himself in a really bad spot and he admits that he who cares about what happened in a massage i'm not saying that i'm saying that when he targets individuals that don't have a massage practice or are small-time people on instagram there's a reason he's going after people that don't deal with celebrities a lot makes him sign non-disclosure agreements and whether he did anything criminally wrong or not the nfl is not going to have it so when you ask what's he going to get suspended for he's totally innocent he's not he, he may be innocent of the claims and the brutal accusations inside each of the 24 claims but that doesn't mean he's innocent from putting himself in a real vulnerable spot and the nfl in a real vulnerable spot and they're going to suspend him bro you mark my words he's suspended it's just a matter of how long I don't know how you could suspend someone when the owners do the same thing. They should be suspended too. But they don't. They don't get suspended. They don't get fined. I, I agree. The double standard is crazy, man. I agree. I agree. I, I think you aren't, aren't prepared for me to agree with you. I agree with you on all that. The league is so imbalanced about it, bro. They're so imbalanced. Like, the Ridley getting a year... And then somebody else doing something that's way worse, you know, like, and then, and then Josh Allen, the way Josh Allen was treated, or Josh Allen, Josh uh, Gordon was treated for years. Like, it's crazy. The NFL is, it's, it's uncontrolled. And the fact that Roger Goodell, as much as I believe Watson should be suspended for a certain amount of time for what he did in the light he put the team in, I think that Goodell set up uh, an impossible climb for him and it's corrupt. Like, Goodell has the final say. He basically, both both parties, NFLPA and the NFL, have a middle ground individual named Sue Robinson. She's a retired judge. They brought her in as the league disciplinary officer. Okay, so she's going to come in and that's what she's doing right now. Interviews and everything. She's going to make a recommendation. Roger Goodell and the NFL have it set up to where if she recommends even a one-game suspension, a slap on the wrist, a fine, whatever, if there's discipline whatsoever, it opens the door for Roger Goodell to come in and do whatever he wants. He can overrule her. He could say, I don't like your one-game suspension. I'm giving him the whole season or an indefinite suspension. It's corrupt, bro. He literally set it up to where now he's not the judge, jury, and executioner, but as long as this third party independent party deems discipline he gets to come back in and do whatever he wants so roger goodell gets to decide everything in this situation it just they make it look like he doesn't and it, it, it's corrupt it's bad it's not uh, but but the problem is deshaun watson still made his own bed with this bro and it's like do i think do i think he should be out and never play again do i think there's some you know amount of like he sat on an entire year already. How much of that was his choice? How much of it was the team? You know, there's a lot of people that say different things. This this Houston Texans organization is complicit in helping them set up these situations. They knew about it. They had the, the space for it. They, they provided the non-disclosure agreements to the random Instagram masseuses. Like, this thing is just a mess, bro. The Texans need to be held accountable as well. It is crazy. Definitely. I appreciate, appreciate it. I appreciate your call, man. But all right, where where is this uh, Lloyd guy or whatever his name is? What is it, Lloyd Todd? Todd? Where's Todd? Yeah, good. Good. This is you know. I don't know what to think about the NFL sometimes. 
Goodell is definitely a dictator. Fantasy dog. He run he runs it like a dictatorship. You're live in the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty, it's Ron Navy. I put the Navy in there so you know. Ron Navy, yeah, thank you. I, you know, what's up, Ron? Appreciate you coming. Hey, in. I just want to, I just, I just want to expand on that. That people don't dive into their uh, research enough. That guy, if he would have researched enough, he would have found that the police actually found enough evidence to criminally indict him. But it was the DA who was afraid to go up against his lawyers and decided not to. She didn't want to go after it. So yeah, yeah. the only I, recourse these women had was to file a civil lawsuit, not a criminal lawsuit. And that's what they did. Yeah. So, so you know, he needs to do a little more research. That's all I got to say. Yeah, but I'm no, going to let you go. I, no, I agree. No, hold on. Stay there. I agree with you. There, there, there was okay. reportedly, and we don't really have that evidence in front of us. So I, sometimes I, I'm wary to use that line when really we we can't even confirm what it is they actually have. But reportedly, through multiple sources, the Houston Texans, or I'm sorry, the Houston Police Department does have pretty significant evidence against Watson in these criminal situations. But like you said, the DA looked at it from this perspective. What I heard was the DA was concerned about whether they would be able to win with reasonable doubt and whether they wanted to drag drag the city and and, and everybody, the DA, through years of, of, law, of, of criminal trials. Because with that many right. people, you know, if they were to indict them on one, it probably would open the door. And I, I think they really made a political move not to go after him. And I think that's messed up because if there was enough evidence to go after him, they should have went after him. They were just predicting whether they would lose with reasonable doubt. Maybe the, the evidence has some questionable, you know, I don't know how it was collected or who, who knows. Who knows why? We don't have the details. But, yes, there was most certainly, according to reports, yeah. the police, Houston police had evidence that they thought maybe or maybe not would, would win in court. So we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see. I, I most certainly yeah, expect... Yeah, I, I think Deshaun... I think Deshaun uh, should feel very fortunate that he's only looking at a year suspension and still be able to play football afterwards. And exactly. Not, he got away from the criminal part of it. Exactly. All right, buddy. Appreciate all your super chats, all, right, all your support. Hey, hey, if, if you do the graveyard tonight, I have a song, graveyard song for you, so... Okay. Drop it. Uh, you mean you're going to... you're gonna you open it up later. All right. Appreciate you. Yep. Drop it under DM. All right. Later. Later. Toddy boy. Todd, dial. And, and I, I, I feel for all sides of this. Like, I know a lot of people want to, like, that caller before Ron. I, I couldn't catch his name if he said AJ. That caller before Ron. I know his... his his initial reaction was like to go at me. I could feel it, you know, but like, I agree with that stance. It's innocent until proven guilty. The problem is the NFL is a private organization that can do what they want. And and it's just, it, it's, it, there's a conduct policy that's looked at. That's all they're talking about. This is why I, I scratch my head when people, when, when I, when people say that this is going to be finalized, I've pretty much been on the money on this the whole way. I told you that the spotlight would turn onto the Houston Texans in due time. What has happened? The spotlight has just shifted right over to the Houston Texans. Now they're in some trouble. And who knows if they're going to have some draft pick 
penalties or if the Browns try and undo and void the Deshaun Watson deal, how much culpability will and responsibility will the Texans have in that reversal or void? And if anybody thinks that the, the, the Browns won't look to void that deal, I left a voicemail of called 10 times. Todd, the phone line's open right now, bro. It's open right now. Dial in. Dial in. I don't have I don't even have voice messages set up. Cause I have so many calls. I'm waiting, bro. Dial in right now. Crickets. The phone line's open for you, Todd. It's sitting open for you. And I'm not even mad at you. Maybe we even agree, Todd. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty, it's TM42. Oh, TM, I thought you were Todd. We're waiting on Todd to call. TM, not. this is not a good <laughs> time, sorry. TM. This is not a good time. What can I do for oh. you? I'm waiting for Todd, too. Uh, just a quick, simple question. Uh, in Superflex Leagues, how do you adjust the ADP in Superflex? Do you bring it down around or... Or how do you how do you do that? I'm just curious about that. Okay, I'll answer that. I'm going to hang up on you here. Wait for for Todd for two more minutes, and I'll answer your question while we wait for him. Appreciate your question. Call back again though. You can call yeah. back again this show if you want. Okay. All right. Um, Superflex. Uh, it's uh, my strategy doesn't change. Like if you have a top five pick, you take quarterback, and then in round two you start drafting like normal because everybody will you'll be going against traffic. You know, it's going to be all. It's going to be two or three non-quarterbacks going in between your quarterback you take in the top five. Maybe two, three, four non non-quarterback players are going to get taken between your top five pick and the next time you draft. Which means you're essentially back in round one in a non-QB league or non-two QB league. So you're like, you take. Uh, let's just say you have pick five and you miss out on the top four. Burrow falls to five all the time. It's crazy. It's crazy. People take Jam- uh, uh, Lamar or Kyler or something. But you should, with a top five pick, get Lamar. Even if you extend it to pick six, you get Kyler or Lamar or any of the top four quarterbacks. Then in round two, you get back to business. If it's super flex, if it's mandatory 2QB, it's different. You got to approach it kind of as the, the draft unfolds with flow. But if you have a top six pick, take a quarterback, then return to a non-2QB mentality. In round two, start picking off as if you're back in a normal environment, pretend it's round one in a 1QB league, and say who's the best player. Forget that it's 2QB from that point forward with the with the mindset of I'm going to grab a quarterback later, obviously, to try and get the, the second quarterback. Davis Mills comes to mind as a great late quarterback to toss onto your, your Burrow combination. Yeah, Todd's not going in. Todd, the phone line's dead right now for multiple minutes in a row. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Yeah, this is Todd. I just wanted to say that you lost all credibility after Trey Sermon last year. Is this is this really Todd? No. <laughs> after Trey Sermon. I think that was that might have been rock out. <laughs> Too bad. Every time I spoke about Trey Sermon, I said attached an Eli Mitchell to him. Absolute must cuff. Mitchell is Sermon. Sermon is Mitchell. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. 
I love when people bring up Trey Sermon because they don't know what they're talking about. Every time they say, Trey Sermon, you missed on it. Eli Mitchell, probably one of my biggest predictions of the entire 2021 season. Thank you for reminding everybody. I'm pretty sure I was rock out, though. That might have been Todd. <laughs> you lost all credibility. All credibility when you picked Trey Sermon and Eli Mitchell to win leagues. <laughs> I'm going to hang up because I don't like debating. That's great. Was that Todd? Or was that was that Rock Out? That couldn't have been Rock Out. It's great. Uh, anybody else want to dial in? Anybody with substance want to dial in? <laughs> you lost all credibility when you predicted Eli Mitchell to be a league winner last year. Oh, uh, uh, I'm out of here. Rah! <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say you're 50 years old even though we're not. Even though I'm not even close. Even though... Who's this? Who's this? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? What up, Smitty? It's Mario again. What's up, Mario? I got a question for you. Who are your division winners for next season? Uh, Division winners. That's a great topic. And we could throw that up on, on, the, board, on the board here. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, here on the board, we will pull it up. Uh, tell me who, do you have any surprise uh, predictions yourself for division winners? Ta- toss one or two out while I prepare. I got, okay, for a surprise, the Raiders with Devontae Adams and then the, Raiders. the Bucks. Okay. Here are my division winners. Let me put it up on the board here. We're going to say, we'll start off in the AFC East. AFC East. I'm going to say it's going to be the Bills. Do I think the Patriots or the Dolphins or the Jets have a shot? Uh, I don't. I mean, New England, I suppose, could. But uh, Miami definitely is going to be improved. But I don't think they're going to be good enough to knock off the Bills. And the Jets are just, um, they're a ways away. But I think they're going to show signs of a lot of growth. It just sucks because they can't do it. They can't pull off a Bengals rags to riches type of situation because it's just too strong of a conference and the division's also strong. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC 
uh, East. The AFC North, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers will have good games at times, but they just don't have the consistency at quarterback to even come close to a team that has Joe Burrow. Quarterback matters. Quarterback matters. Is Najee good? Yeah. Are the wide receivers good? Yeah. Could Pickett be good? Yeah. But this is something that's going to develop. There's maybe a 2023 potential argument here to say they can compete or something, but not in this season. And the Browns are going to be a debacle all year. They're in the spotlight. Everything's negative. There's no way the Browns are going to pull this off. The Baltimore Ravens, I'm going to put right here, and I'm not going to put an X through them because I think they're going to grab a wild card spot. I don't think they beat the Bengals. I'm going to give the Bengals the win, but I think the the Ravens will clearly push for it. They'll battle for it. They'll be very close. I think losing Hollywood Brown is going to be huge, a huge negative here. Um, so we're going to definitely... Definitely have to to watch this battle here, but I think losing Hollywood Brown is going to put uh, it's going to knock Lamar off kilter for a little bit. Uh, AFC AFC South is next. This is the North. This is the South. AFC South. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be pretty easy for the Indianapolis Colts to win the division. I think maybe Jacksonville will look better than people think, but they're not going to win the division. I think the Houston Texans are a year away. They will have very very decent success given the state of affairs there. I think Mills is a really good quarterback. Uh, and then Tennessee is going to fall apart, in my opinion. Losing A.J. Brown, that was like admitting defeat, admitting rebuild, admitting that you're going to go backwards. I don't know what in the hell they were thinking trading A.J. Brown away if they had any thoughts of competing. Now, the AFC West is the division that could probably feed all three of the wild card spots and give uh, teams like the New England Patriots, the Dolphins, uh, the the Ravens, the um, no one from this division, a, a tough, put them in a tough spot because all three of the division wild card, or the, the I'm sorry, the conference wild card winners could come from this division. I think the Chargers uh, win the division. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, and I think it definitely could come down to the the Broncos or the you know I don't think the Chiefs will win the division. The Raiders could certainly be in the mix there, but I think you have the Chargers winning the division. Herbert looking like the number one quarterback in the NFL. Herbert winning MVP. Chargers making it to the Super Bowl at least, and then you have Denver getting a wild card spot. You have the Chiefs getting a wild card spot. For sure, in my opinion, these are for sure. So that's that's wild card spot number two. That's wild card spot number two, number three, and then, or sorry, number one, wild card spot number one, wild card spot number two, and then you have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens fighting for that last wild card spot. The Patriots will certainly try and grab it, and they, I suppose, they could. The Dolphins could try and grab it. I suppose they could. I don't think the Steelers or the Browns will. I don't think anybody here is grabbing the spot. It's really going to be come down to the Ravens and um, the Raiders. So Baltimore and the Raiders. I'm going to probably say, here's why I think it'll probably be Baltimore. And I, I know you're picking Las Vegas to win the division, and I'm picking them not to even go to the playoffs. And this could be a 12-win team that doesn't go to the playoffs. The reason I think it'll probably be Baltimore is these these four teams are going to beat up on each other pretty badly. 
So Baltimore could have an advantage of having a better record than Las Vegas, even if Las Vegas is balling out. Like literally, they could. This could be. This could be a thirteen win, thirteen win, and thirteen win and twelve win type of battle where the Raiders don't make the playoffs, getting twelve wins. So I'm gonna say the Raiders don't make the playoffs. But that, like, that's so close. You're talking about one game. You're talking about if KC loses and gets 12 wins and the Raiders win just one more game, then all of a sudden the Raiders have 13 wins and then it comes down to other things. So it's like, I don't think it's that out of line to suggest that the Raiders or anybody can't make the playoffs. This is such a tough conference. Such a tough conference. Um, So... If I go to the NFC, so uh, it's Bills, Bengals, Colts, Chargers. Divi- the wild card winners are Denver Broncos, KC, either Baltimore or the Raiders. And I give the Raiders, you know, that next spot in case, you know, something goes wrong for the the Ravens. The Ravens may not make the playoffs, though, because I fear. Are you still there? I think he hung up. The Ravens maybe won't make the playoffs like if the Raiders knock them off because I think the imbalance, losing Hollywood is not going to be a good look. It's not going to be a good look. Casey will fall way back by Cheetah. Bad defense. Lost their soul. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders beat them. Wouldn't surprise me. I just, I'm not going to count Mahomes out. Not when you're talking about a wild card spot. Um, And then if we go to the 91 of you in here, punch the thumbs up button if you're new. If we go to the NFC, this one's going to shock some of you that don't know my content well. If you're new, this might completely shock you. Um, NFC. We'll start with the East. NFC East. This is a tough one because I, I really do like the Eagles this year. And I think you'll be surprised that I have them. I think I have them making the play. We'll see. They got they got to win this division to be sure to get a playoff spot, though, because it's gonna be it is gonna be tough. I think Dallas wins the division. I think Philly's really close, and I'm gonna leave them open for potentially a wild card spot. I think Washington doesn't get it done with Wentz. I think the Giants are absolutely awful. NFC, let's go next to the North. We're going to go ahead and say uh, Minnesota and Green Bay are going to battle for this, but let's let's give it to Green Bay. Minnesota will leave open-ended for a wild-card spot for now. Uh, Bears are just, they're not going to, they're going to be in total rebuild. They're still building this thing up. Detroit, same thing. They don't have the quarterback. They have they have the rest of the supporting cast to, to show signs of, that they're a good place for a quarterback to land next offseason. And a good quarterback is going to turn the Detroit Lions around similar to the to the Bengals. Maybe not Super Bowl bound that next year, but like they're going to be a good team if they get a quarterback. They got St. Brown, Jamison Williams will be great next year. He'll kind of be getting into his own this year. Uh and Chicago just they're going to be a mess. So we'll leave this open ended. So far our wild card spots could have Philly and Minnesota. I'm not sure yet. We'll have to go uh work our way down. NFC South um, this is where I might piss off some people in New Orleans because everybody always gets mad at my New Orleans take. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to win the division. New Orleans will keep there for the wild card spot for the moment. 
Uh, Atlanta's got too much growing to do. Carousel of quarterback situations at some point. Carolina, same thing. You got CMC not staying healthy. Some potential quarterback change at some point. Not a fan of that one. Uh, this would be the... Uh, then we're going to go to the best division in the NFC. The NFC West. NFC West. You've got uh, Sam Fran. Um, Ra- I'm sorry. I got to put the division winner. The Rams are going to win the division. They're just, they got richer. The rich got richer. San Francisco is going to be up for a wild card spot and going to be a surprise team. Um, the Cardinals will be up for a wild card spot. And Seattle has too much building to do. There's no way they're going to crack a playoff berth. So now you've got the Rams winning the division, the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys. Now you've got to decide on three wild card spots. The Niners are going to take home one of the wild card spots. The Cardinals, unfortunately, I, I love the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, you know, I'm in Arizona. I'm a Cardinal fan. The Cardinals have the worst schedule in the NFL. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year in our division, toughest division in the NFL. And also, I'm sorry, the second toughest division in the NFL. The AFC West is the toughest. But the NFC West, the West, the two West conferences are absolutely the toughest. The Cardinals have maybe one or two winnable games in the final eight games of the season. I've looked at it. It's horrible. It's absolutely awful. The Cardinals, I don't think, make the playoffs. So you got one wild card spot in San Francisco. You've got another wild card spot in Philly. I think they have a really good year. And it comes down to New Orleans and Minnesota. This will be so much dependent on Mike Thomas and Kamara and Winston staying healthy. There's a lot that needs to, to jive and mesh. And if Kamara's out six games, and if Mike Thomas isn't quite ready for week one, what are people looking at when they say that the Saints are going to have this great year? I think they're going to be up and down. I give it to Minnesota. I think Minnesota, Philly, and San Fran are the wild card spots. If Minnesota can't ball, Arizona will somehow figure out a way to squeak into that wild card spot. But for right now, being objective about it, even though I don't like saying it, these will be the wild card uh, uh, teams. So that's my that's my breakdown of the division winners and who wins uh, who wins what who wins a wild card spot. There you go. Boom, boom, boom. Did I miss any super chats on the way through all that content there? I may have. Ron Navy says, Ron says, bold prediction by week six, Malik Willis will be the starting quarterback for the Titans. I don't, I don't think that's that crazy at all. I, I, I fully expect it. No AJ Brown. I don't even like Tannehill anyway. No AJ Brown. Gonna have a tough time, bro. Gonna have a tough time. Absolute monster. I love, yeah, I love that Todd wouldn't even come on to debate me. L take, L take. Wouldn't even come on to debate me, bro. Unfortunate for him. Unfortunate for him. To come on and shoot blanks. I always leave the phone line open. When you you act like a, a total buffoon, it's no bueno. No bueno. Axe with a super chat. Okay, let me go look for it. Let's see here. Um, Axe says, you think about my... What do you think about my team so far in the Cup League? Uh, can you post it, Axe? I don't, I don't have the ability to pull it up at this moment. So, can you post it for me? Appreciate the super chat. 92 in here. Smash that thumb up button. Ricky, what's up, Ricky?
Lenny, no Gronk, Godwin, Hurts. You don't like Tampa? Yeah, I mean, I like if Lenny doesn't pull it off, bro. Then, uh, then Rashad White will. But Smitty, you called Kyler QB one. I most certainly didn't. Nice try, Bam. Ky- Kyler's. I, I've I've never called Kyler a QB, the QB one. He's never cracked my top four. I like Kyler. He's very very good. But he's got a lot of growing to do. A lot of growing to do. Uh, Ricky, we can do a mock draft. Maybe tonight we'll do a rookie-only mock draft. Remind me. Remind me, bro. What's up? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What up, man? It's Overcome. What's up, Overcome? Hey. I'm thinking about... Um, do you think um, Tyree Hill and Devontae Adams are going to make uh, Derek Carr and uh, Tua... Um, viable options. Uh, car, yeah. I mean, car, car's a viable option already, and it makes him like a good option. I don't think. I mean, it's so weird. There, pe- people either love car or they just think he's still mediocre. Like, no one really hates car. I don't. I don't think I've run into one person that's like car's garbage. Like, car's good, but you either you run yeah, into man, somebody. He, he, I mean, you either run into somebody that he didn't run for a good season. You what? He gave Renfro a good season last year. Man. Yeah, and Renfro can't re- replicate that. He's got Adams and then a healthy Waller, so people are overdrafting Renfro. But you either have people that think like all of a sudden Carr is like a top four quarterback. It's like crazy. Like there's no way, he's, in my opinion, beating out the likes of even Mahomes without Hill. Like Mahomes is still going to be in that top four, or if not, Lamar will slip above him. Or but but like Carr. I can't rank him higher than, than like, after, he's still after Jalen Hurts. He's still after Kyler. He's still after Lamar. And when you consider those aren't yeah. even four, the top four quarterbacks, that's that's five, six, seven. He's number, Carr can't be higher than number eight or nine for me. It doesn't mean he can't do it. Doesn't mean he can't be number seven. Like, could he outperform one or two of my, my five through nine quarterbacks, five through eight ranked quarterbacks? Sure. Sure, he's got a he's got a lot going for him. I mean, like this question right here, Vamp says Dak or Carr. Like that's the kind of debate you could have for sure when it comes to when it comes to uh uh Derek Carr. It's like Dak or Carr. You could even you could even say like you could even say Hertz or Carr if you want. Like no one's no one's taking a lap on Hertz or Carr. Like that that you could argue that. You could definitely argue, but but saying that Carr is gonna be top five because you get Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is most certainly most certainly going to help Carr, but can he get him to a from a 25 to 26, 27 touchdown place to like 37? No. No, I mean, I think Adams is going to have a good yardage year, good reception year, down touchdown year. Because Carr's not a touchdown machine. And, and maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, Derek Carr has one of those outlier years, at, you know, with the quarterback, the touchdowns. But I'm not going to bank on it. But Hill's going to be de- decline, declining a little bit in in in, uh, in upside. Adams is going to have a decline in upside. Uh, Tua's not a guy I even like really at, at all, bro. 
Like you're starting Tua in a one QB league, you you fell asleep for the first half of the draft and hit your head and woke up and you're like, I didn't get a quarterback. Well, Tua, Tua it is. There's no reason for Tua to be in your lineup at, at all. Even if he works out, like your bench guy, maybe you make a trade and everybody's wrong about Tua. He blows up. Miami Mike is amazing. He makes him he makes Tua into a monster. Like he could be on your bench and then you have you have a nice problem on your hands, but that is in La 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 Land in Bizarro World. You're waking up in Bizarro World if Tua's a top twelve quarterback or top ten quarterback, at least in terms of like your investment. Like upside, like really late in a draft, maybe he could be a top twelve guy. Sure, I'll grab him as my backup. Like I could understand that, but I'd I'd rather grab Davis Mills. But um, that's dude. That brings me into another question, like. <laughs> you, how long have you been doing fantasy football? Um, doing it or doing it professionally? Both. Uh, playing fantasy football? Um, God. I, I've been doing it professionally for 19 to tw- or 20 years. I've been doing it, playing it, I don't know how long, bro. I'd have to like count, but it's a lot longer than right 20 on, right years. On. Right on, man. So I'm, I'm 31 years old and I've been watching football my whole life and playing, or I, I played a few years and uh, organized, but I, I'm trying to think like <clears throat> second year players, like how often do rookies come in, don't really show anything and then bust out the next year. Like one guy coming to mind is DK Metcalf, right? He didn't have the greatest rookie year, but the next year, I mean, he kind of broke loose. Um, I mean, does that is that something that you've seen happen a lot, or is it kind of like rookies come in and they gotta show up in their first year and it's pretty consistent? I mean, it's I mean it, Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady. It's a it's but, evolved. It's kind of case by case. Like you got Watson coming in, he's gonna be force fed. He's gonna have to mature quickly. You've got Jamison Wilson or Jamison Williams. Who's injured? He's got to get healthy and develop. He'll be a year two guy. Don't expect a lot out of Jamison Williams until the very end of the year, and even then, he'll be inconsistent because his quarterback's golf. You're asking a guy that's coming back from an ACL tear that won't be ready until maybe midseason, and then at that, he'll be slower getting his feet under him, getting trying to get healthy with a really bad quarterback throwing him the football. So like. Jamison Williams is a guy you got to understand all these different facets to it. You know, you got a guy like Drake London who everyone loves, but he has no quarterback right now. I don't think Mariota is going to get him the football properly and feed everybody enough. And then you got Ritter. What's Ritter going to do? You've got, I mean, it's just so different. Like, I don't love this rookie wide receiver class from the top down. I like Justin Ross. I like. Jamison Williams, I'm not a huge like, I think that Garrett Wilson, Drake London and even Watson are going to be you know, these guys that can maybe climb into the bottom of the same tier as the top like four or five wide receivers in the NFL I just don't see it, like at best they're going to be DK Metcalfs if they're lucky, I don't think this wide receiver class from the top down has that ability, I think it's Jamie. It's either Jamison Williams and Justin Ross or 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 we don't have that electric elite top five wide receiver. Like Justin Ross was potentially the number one wide receiver in the entire draft class until he had the neck and and spine uh, issues, which are reportedly are kind of in the rear view. 
we don't really know what that means. Like, he's been cleared to play. Is he going to have problems? Will he suffer all kinds of other injuries? He's been looking pretty good in camp. Um, so, you know, he's made one of those, some of those amazing catches that you've seen, like, on, on social media. Ross, I like a lot. Um, Jameson Williams has acceleration like no other wide receiver in this draft class. But is it going to be there for a while? I don't know. So we'll see. But but bottom line, to answer your question, Des Bryant, back in the day, Des Bryant took you thir- your third year. There's a thing called 30-year wide receiver breakout. It took you until your third year to become an elite breakout wide receiver. Rookies never did good. In Larry Fitzgerald's day, this is how long I've played fantasy football and, and done it professionally. Larry Fitzgerald, back in the Larry Fitzgerald rookie class, like that time frame, you didn't draft rookie wide receivers in fantasy football. Not in redraft. You just didn't because they're going to get you like 704. That was the most you're going to get out of a rookie. 700, maybe 800 yards, four touchdowns. Not worthy of your starting lineup. Now, a, a wide receiver like Jamar Chase with Burrow can be a top five wide receiver. Now, a wide receiver, you know, like Watson with Aaron Rodgers can be a top 20 wide receiver right away. Like, it, it's just tough. It's tough to know. I don't think this class is loaded, though. I think the I think Hall and Walker, Rashad White, those are guy, the guys I love from this draft class. Algier, Tyler Algier, I love right them. On, I know they're all running backs, but I like these running backs. I like Algier a lot. Right on, bro. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, that's Overcome the Madcap. Roddy White comes to mind. Yeah. Third year, it just took a while. Now it doesn't. Now, but it's all a subjective. It's all um, depends on. It's dependent on every single part of what you know is is making up that situation. Is Melvin Gordon needed? If you have Javante, he's not needed, but it's not a bad idea. But at what cost? Are you are you are you passing on some kind of like really good? player to get Melvin Gordon like Melvin Gordon's going in the sixth or seventh round so am I passing on Kenneth Walker for Melvin Gordon absolutely not am I passing on Tony Pollard for Melvin Gordon I'm not uh am I passing on um Mike Williams no am I passing on St. Brown no AJ Dillon no Mahomes or or Burrow or uh Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson for Gordon no would I take Gordon over Robert Woods? 100%. Would I take Gordon over rookie wide receivers like Burks and Hunter and, and a wide receiver like Hunter Renfro, who I don't think will repeat or replicate? I would absolutely take Gordon over those situations to give you a feel. Rock, uh, overcome with the super chat. Appreciate you, overcome. Thanks for calling in. Keep them coming anytime, man. Pay $3 when everyone else can pay 2 I don't know what that means. Carrick says Smitty Axe posted his roster. Oh, okay. Let's see. Axe, where's Axe at? Thank you for reminding me. You guys always look out for each other. It's awesome. It's like a big family. It's like a big family here. Chase, Williams, ETN, Dalton, Schultz, Russell, Wilson. So Chase, Javante, ETN, Dalton, Schultz, Russell, Wilson. Was was Dalton your fourth rounder though? Like I love your first. I mean, this can't be your fourth rounder. That's really early. 
I love Jamar Chase. I love Javante Williams. You can't start off better than that unless you get Swift and Williams. And even then, I'd, I'd rather Jamar Chase. Never mind. You can't start off better than Jamar Chase and Williams. I'm sorry. That is the best start. I'd rather have that than JT and Tyreek Hill, which we have in the throne draft. Give me Jamar Chase and J- Javante all day long. Javante makes drafting running back in the second round amazing. Swift as well. You can get Chase and Swift. Chase and Swift, Javante, or Chase and Javante, Chase and Swift. Etn, I like that as a third round pick. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I just don't know. This doesn't feel like it's your fourth rounder in here. I love Russell Wilson, but like if Don, Dalton Schultz was your fourth rounder and Russell Wilson was your fifth rounder, you, like you took, you took both those guys way too high. Boy, I love your start, and I still love your overall team, but there's no way Dalton Schultz, he goes in the sixth round. You're two rounds early, and then Russell Wilson, there's no reason you need to get him in the fifth round. You can get him later. That's my advice to you. Dalton Schultz won't last long. Yeah, but, dude, you're, you got to let him go then. you got to take a Friermuth or a Goddard or somebody else then take him in the fourth round. You can't for Just because they're going to go doesn't mean you react. you got to let... Sometimes you got to let things go. You can't... Uh, Rank my first six picks Jefferson, Lamb, Barkley, Josh Allen, DK Walker Honestly, I don't know who was there for the Barkley pick I would have probably went with another player But even so, you absolutely crushed it I would say rock out Your team right here Is probably an 8 out of 10 minimum Love it Home run Monster Get Algier. Let's roll. Not Don't get Algier right now. I'm just tossing out a running back for you. Pick him out as ADP. Dalton Schultz, maybe tight end three. He could be the number... Dalton Schultz could be the number two tight end in 2022. But it doesn't mean you take him in the fourth round. Great stream, bro. Jefferson over Cup is dumb. Oh, that was... That's this one right here. Great stream, bro. Jefferson over Cup is dumb. I don't think you can say that, Dylan. That's a very, very arguable situation. Like, no one's saying Cup over J- Jefferson's dumb. I mean, you can argue the same thing, bro, in my opinion. But I appreciate your, your, uh, uh, your compliment on the stream, and the stream loves you back. The stream absolutely loves you back, bro. And we're glad to have you here. Adam Thielen was it definitely what is going on there? Adam Thielen was it definitely a third round breakout, third year breakout? Yeah, it's it used to be that way. It's not anymore though. We done with voicemails? Okay, no, I still got some. Oh, Bruce. We never finished this. Hey, Smitty. I have a little bit of a beef and a little bit of a problem with these rankings. And I'm sorry, the Bruce. I'm right or wrong. They have DK, who has no quarterback, uh, going before someone like Terry McLaurin, who at least Wentz is better than what Seattle has. Uh, what do you think on that? Um, I mean, I can understand that argument. So the topic for the Bruce is McLaurin or DK. I mean, I'd draft DK over McLaurin, bro. 
but I, I love both. So, I mean, I'm not going to get mad if you reach on McLaurin over DK. They're both going like fourth and fifth round, but DK's ADP is higher. And I don't, and I don't, and I don't mind that. I don't mind that. You can draft both of them. Why not take a running back, running back, quarterback, or running back, running back, running back, or running back, running back, tight end, and then come in with DK, then McLaurin back to back. That's pretty good. That'd be pretty, 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 pretty good. Was one pick before I got Barkley Hall. Oh, man. But hey, Bark Barkley's fine, at, you know, especially with your team. It's, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Michael Watley. What's up, Smitty? It's Michael Watley. I'm headed to the golf course right now, so uh, when the show starts, I'm going to have to throw in an AirPod to listen to it. But, uh, you know, I was wondering what you thought on what your thoughts were on Chase Claypool. I just drafted him in the Graveyard Bubba. League in the eighth round. And my thought process is basically that he has a shot to be the guy with these, uh, the guy in Pittsburgh with these new quarterbacks in there. Because personally, I don't think Deontay Johnson is really that much more talented than Chase Claypool. It's just Ben Roethlisberger feeding him all those volume targets and stuff. So uh, I was wondering what your thoughts were and if Chase Claypool is the, worth the gamble in the middle of the eighth. Thanks. I love Claypool. In middle of the eighth round, absolutely. Because you're talking about. We're right in the middle of the eighth round in the throne league, and I I've, I totally like him at our next pick if we wanted him. Claypool could easily be a, a high-end wide receiver three in fantasy. You do not have to pay even high-end wide receiver three fantasy value. You're paying like wide receiver four value for Claypool, maybe four or five. And Claypool could be, he could be. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Don't twist up what I'm about to say. Claypool could be. The, uh, a wide receiver two in fantasy. You draft him as a wide receiver four. You understand what I'm saying here? Draft Claypool as a wide receiver four. Mid-eighth round to ninth round. But could he be a wide receiver two? Like a low end? Absolutely. Could he be better than Deontay? 100%. I'm not a big Deontay fan at all. This guy is a, a ball dropper. And on top of that, he got peppered like crazy by Big Ben. And everyone just assumes everything to be back to normal with Deontay. Deontay was difficult to get where he got with Big Ben. Claypool is the alpha. Claypool is a little brittle. That's why he's not going higher. That's why we're drafting Claypool in the 8th and ninth round. Because he does come with some injury worry. Let's be honest. He plays like Gronk and Kittle. Just aggressive. Throws his body around all over. Claypool is going to dominate then get hurt. Like, that's my fear. But 8th to ninth round? Absolutely love Claypool. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever, Michael. Nothing. Andy. What's up, Smitty? Amon Ron St. Brown went beast mode the last six games of last year. Helped a lot of people uh, win the trophy. Does he continue his success into 2022, or is he destined to be second fiddle to Jamison Williams? Um... He, 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 Jamison Williams has got to get healthy. We can't just give Jamison Williams the number one spot there. Like, St. Brown was so good last year. Like, we can't discredit what he did. So, in 2022, it's all St. Brown. Like, Jamison Williams will not be viable for a first half of the year. And he's not just going to come in and be firing on all cylinders. He's going to take time. He's going to take time. It's not going to happen quick. 
it, it will see spots of it, you know, like maybe at times we'll be like, oh, week 15, week 13, week 16, week 17. But Jamison Williams won't be what you think he's going to be just be, when he gets back. He's going to just cut. ACLs are horrible injuries, guys. You're, you're, you're literally, you've seen some players come back full go. But have we seen a rookie come in, learn the playbook, learn the NFL game speed, and recover from an ACL? No, thank you. No, thank you. I like Jamison Williams, but I'm probably not owning him unless it's very late in a draft and in redraft. I'm absolutely scooping him up everywhere in Dynasty. I love Jamison Williams. He has the edge over St. Brown in Dynasty, but St. Brown crushes him in redraft. And St. Brown's an elite wide receiver three that can play like an elite wide receiver two. St. Brown could be an elite wide receiver two in 2022. Don't draft him there. Don't overdraft him and ruin his ADP in the mock drafts tonight. I'm just saying, dude's got tons of upside. Tons of upside. Love him. Corey. Hey, Smitty. What's going on? It's Corey here. Uh, so recently I was in a 10-team mock draft. I had the sixth overall pick. I took Najee. Uh, then I got around to my second pick. And CD and Javante were still available. I ended up taking Javante. Was that the right choice? Or should I should have taken CD? Well, I mean, I I draft Javante over CD. You're not crazy to like one over the other. But very, very easy call for me. I like CD a lot. I like CD a lot. But Javante, in my opinion, can be the number two or one running back in the NFL in 2022. And you get you get him at a discount because Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Um, Gage, I like Gage. You know, Gage will probably be available in the Throne League. Um, Here's the Throne Draft, by the way. Here's the update. We've got... uh, Let's see here. Here's the Throne Draft. Just to give you guys an update. Phone lines have been open, bro. Call into the show. I don't know who Big Lenny is. Okay. So, we could definitely get Gage at that 812, I think. Or he'll probably be available. I don't know. The top options available right here. Let me put this up. Quarterback, we don't need a quarterback. Uh, running back, Singletary, uh, Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, James Robinson, Isaiah Spiller, Ramondre Stevenson, Ronald Jones, Alexander Madison, Damian Pierce, Naheem Hines, Rashad White, Daryl Henderson, Tyler Algier. I like Tyler Algier a lot, guys. I, I would reach for him. Garrett Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Gabe Davis, Brandon Ayuk's a phenomenal pick at this next pick. Claypool is a phenomenal pick at this next pick for us. Uh, Lazard, Kadarius, Christian Watson, Alave, Gabe Davis, I said, I think already. Uh, tight end, I think we really got to strongly consider um, Dawson Knox with our next pick or Fryermuth. I like either one of those guys. We could go Fryermuth and either Ayuk. I would say I, I'd rank the wide receivers if it was up to me. Ayuk, 
maybe Gabe Davis, then maybe Claypool, personally. But it's up to you guys. Running backs, I like like Ramondre a little, but not maybe right here. I like Alexander Madison a little, but I don't know about right here. Rashad White. Maybe we take Rashad White. Maybe we step out of bounds a little bit. Tyler Algier. What if we took two running backs and... We need another wide receiver because Hopkins is out. It's a three wide receiver, so we kind of need Ayuk. What about I? What about Ayuk and Algier, or Ayuk and and uh, Rashad White? What about Ayuk and and Dawson Knox? That'd be a good duo. I could get on board that. that. That's that's a really good approach. I think Dawson Knox and Ayuk would probably be the best options. Um, or Gage Russell Gage. Russell Gage could fall. So we'll have we'll have a nice little vote on our hands. Smitty, open. I got the phone line open. Dial in. Some were saying Ayuk for the last thrown pick, and he's still in the. Yeah, Vamp, it'd be good. It'd be a good pick. Uh, Deshaun Watson, guys. The update on this is that uh, a lawsuit filed against the Texans alleges that individuals within the Texas organization uh, knew or should have known of Deshaun Watson's conduct. So there's going to be a lot more unraveling probably on the daily, especially on the weekly on Deshaun Watson, on the Texans, on this situation. It's an absolute debacle. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a mess. It's going to be an absolute mess for the next uh, um, few months, really. Smitty still live. What a champ. Thank you, Mario. I do what I can for the people. This is an hour show, and we're literally approaching hour two. All right, we're in hour two. We're approaching hour three. We're approaching two full hours, if you will. Okay, looks like uh, Big Lenny didn't want to call in. Appreciate every single one of you. All the super chats, all the support. You guys rock. I work for you. I couldn't do this without you. We're live every single Monday through Friday. We are doing it live. Get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your one-on-one text advice with me so we can chat one-on-one. And I can help you win your league. And we can talk about your draft, upcoming drafts, during your draft, whatever. One-on-one text advice. That's how we roll. Uh, definitely click that underdog link down below underdog fantasy play underdog use promo code Smitty click the link below let's rock and roll in 2022 uh, on underdog let's do them them best ball drafts maybe we'll do another best ball draft tonight while we mock draft let's do it live appreciate every single one of you as always I respond to every comment in my video so once the video posts on YouTube right when it ends not right now in the live chat I respond to every comment 99% of them at least And uh, I'll see you all tonight. Mock draft. Best ball draft.
Uh, Axe, I see you say you took Mike Williams in the fourth. That's a little early, bro. But it depends on if it was that turn, I guess. But um, I'd like to know who who was there when you were on the clock in the fourth round. But other than that, your team looks really good, Axe. I do like it a lot. You're definitely a contender for sure. Graveyard crew in the hizzy. Blackbeard, Kenny, Michael Watley, Silver, Carrick, Jeff, Rockout, Asher, thanks for battling in the rap battle. Mario, thanks for calling in and all you do. Overcome, thanks for the super chats and all the call-ins. Ron Navy in the hizzy still. Ron Navy, uh, how was your appointment, Ron? And uh, appreciate all your super chats, all your call-ins, everything. Kenny. And uh, Blackbeard in the house, Gary, BTG, Bro.